If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? From the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, you are listening to the Ernest Mann Show. I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Coming to you no matter where, what time, or what place you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful, but sometimes incredibly crazy world we all live in. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in or for tuning in again. This is Friday, and this is episode number 233. World events, police shooting of black teen in France, racism or something else. You should know by now that... When I talk about a subject like this, that you're not going to hear the usual banter. Because, for the very reason that this pretty much, as a judge, jury, and executioner, the main media has you know, very quickly put across that this is a racist incident. And hence, for the last several days now, um, the the city's been, you know, set ablaze and something like in the neighborhood of around 3,000 protesters have been arrested and they brought in something like an additional, I don't know, 10,000 police who are apparently quite hell-bent on suppressing this uh, rowdy mob that are, uh, you know, breaking storefronts and setting things on fire. But um, all of this, of course, stems from a uh, black teenage kid, 17 years old, of um, Nigerian descent, North African descent, And he was driving a car, and he was stopped. And shortly after being uh, stopped, he was shot and killed. And so Paris explodes into violence. Now, in the almost pre-digested form that most folks are used to getting their news bites in, Once again, you know, I mean, please forgive me, but this is, again, it's put forth as though it's cut and dry, and this was racially motivated, and, um, you know, the, um, the people of France, the young people who are, you know, very, uh, left-leaning, 
and anti-authoritarian and establishment, all of that, and all that to a certain extent, to a certain extent, has pretty much become the norm in most westernized society today, unfortunately, but it is what it is. And so they chose to react. Now, there are several aspects of this that simply are not being talked about or addressed. So that's why I'm here to talk about this. And, um, be and the thing is, and you put yourself in any, you know, anyone's shoes such as myself, this is, you know, this is a very uncomfortable subject because, well, it's race. And it seems like we have not only been over this in recent times, uh, 10,000 times, but, you know, of course, it's a very touchy subject because once you start talking about things that even distantly uh, can, uh, well, potentially get you named as a bigot or a racist. And so that corners the entire media and everyone involved into a corner in which they can't get out of. So, of course, I say the hell with that, and I'm going to uh, try to bring up, let's say, a different uh, side of the coin here. And this is purely for the sake of argument. Now, what is known is that they had been following this car because it was going at a high rate of speed through a city such as Paris, like you would do with anyone who was on drugs or alcohol. And then he blew a traffic light, meaning that he could have collided with either another car or even hit pedestrians and injured them or perhaps killed them. And so what happened, happened. So now let's take this in a little different direction. We could say for the sake of argument that let's just argue that the police involved in killing this young man, whose name is Nahel, I believe it's how you pronounce it. Please forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, Nahal, Nahel. Um, you know, either this was a racist act or it wasn't. So let's, for the sake of argument, assume it was. Okay? Okay. So we already know from a knee-jerk uh, reaction what is supposed to happen as a consequence of that legally to the officer or officers involved. Okay, so there's that. But on the other hand, let's say that it was not racially motivated, despite overwhelmingly the way in which it is being, you know, force-fed down your throat as though it's absolutely satrosanct and absolutely just it's not even questioned it's 
obviously racist. Now, what if this person who, by running that intersection and before the police, you know, stopped them when they did, what would the outcome have been like if that person, that young man, had actually ran over someone, either seriously injured or killed them? Then what? In other words, would the entire city of youth of Paris, would they still had lost their mind and found a reason to terrorize and perform acts of vandalism and setting shit on fire and whatnot? I wonder if then, of course, we don't know, but it's important to think about that. And it's also important to know about what he was actually doing at the time when he was stopped and what took place. And this is important. You see, I say this and I say it the way I do is because I knew guys many years ago. Um, they were, let's say, associates. Um, of course, the older I got and I didn't hang with these, these weren't my pals, it's kind of guys that I knew. But on the few occasions that we, you know, was really young myself and we get together, but it had already, with these guys at their place, it had already been determined. This is before they were even intoxicated. They had already made it really clear that they were going to, you know, cause trouble. They, they wanted to start a fight. They wanted to start a bar brawl. Um, and these guys that I'm talking about, they did this all the time. And so it was certainly no surprise to me that we ended up, you know, in the drinking places that we were and, uh, you know, getting kicked out or, or whatnot for fighting because that is what they set out to do. And my point in this is oftentimes if you watch things that can occur like this, um, you, um, you, when you, whenever you witness knee jerk reactions and you have, you know, instantaneous, uh, attacks and vitriol and, and, you know, vandalism and, and all that that occurs. But I mean, it's instantaneous. It kind of reminds me of those guys as they used to say, the old phrase from back in the day is, we're cruising for a bruising. In other words, what you have here, right or wrong, is you have a mindset that is already very largely anti-establishment, let's say. So, it makes me wonder, what if a different scenario would have taken place if he would have, say, ran over a, a, a pedestrian crossing the street 
worse yet, what if it was a white person that he would have ran over and either seriously injured or possibly killed? Would it have more or less just been looking around with that stupid distant look and then sound of silence, sound of crickets? Because if that's the case, then you not only have a population that is inherently biased and they don't realize it, you've got certain deep-rooted problems with your government and, frankly, with your citizens. And I'm not going to necessarily say that you know, these cops were justified. Hell, maybe they, maybe they did murder this young man. But that's not the point of what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is it's, he is simply, he is a symptom. He is the spark that set off something which is already deeply festering in French society. And that's what I'm trying to get at here. If you want to get, in my opinion, if you want to get to the root fucking cause of something, you don't necessarily just look at the immediate incident itself. Look at the what is going on with the general population and how they react to things. Because what I'm seeing here is a uh, very large percentage of France's youth that are just dying for an excuse to, um, oh, what's a phrase, an old one, to stick it to the man. And the reasons for that there can be so many. But I believe, first of all, this is something that needs to be looked at and examined. And I will say, as far as Macron, the uh, French president, his, his words are useless. In effect, basically, his, his great... As the, as the president, the leader of France, all he could do was say, okay, yes, yes, this is terrible, this young man died, but on the other hand, I want you all to be really peaceful, stop uh, being violent, and go home and you know watch TV or play your stupid-ass video games or whatever. And that's his solution. And that is what I feel, just that in and of itself is a huge um, telling of what is really causing the cause of this. When people perceive, and it's, it's almost irrelevant to a certain point, when you have uh, mass 
any kind of mass um, violence, things of this nature, when you have knee-jerk violent reactions to things like this, it's, it's not so much a question of the people as far as them being able to discern what is really going on. That's not a question because what I'm saying is clearly they're not. They're, they are they themselves, the citizens, however young, but the citizens, they are biased. That is to say, they have a really nasty attitude. And then if you go a little bit deeper, you should what you should really be asking is, okay, where is this stemming from? You see, because there are basically two factions here. There are two factions in that you had a whole hell of a lot of young people who, you know, are just venting their their hatred and their anger at the system for reasons that are not entirely clear. We know they're pissed off about something, or there could be multiple things that they're pissed off about. And then you probably have an equal number of uh, young people and they didn't do anything. And what I suspect when I talk about, let's say, what I would call a silent division, they didn't do anything, even amongst their friends, even amongst family or friends, because that's the way young people are. It's all about being in a clique. And they know when they can say things, and they know when they can't. And so, in other words, saying the wrong thing in a so-called extremely progressive, known as a progressive or woke community, well, if you try to reason in any other directions, that shit can get you ostracized really quick. And so, they have to remain silent. But just because they didn't do anything, let's say if they were not attacking anyone or, or breaking windows at, you know, for stores or setting things on fire or cars or battling the police or any of that shit, it doesn't mean that their own grievances are also not festering. Because there's always two sides to a coin. I don't, frankly, I don't know of any coins that don't have two sides. There's two stories. There's just like, you know, there's yin and yang. Now, I have my own ideas and theories about how and why this could be. 
And if I am fortunate enough to have anyone in France that hears this, I would ask that you please do let me know because, hell, if I'm having the courage to say this, then you should have the courage to let me know because I really would like to know. And you don't have to be public, you don't, but you don't have to be silent. You can, you know, drop me a line. But now, just hear me out. If I am correct and there is this other group of young people, just just for the sake of being simple here, I'm going to say it's the other half that uh, and parents or other friends or cops, they may see them as the good kids because they're not troublemakers. They didn't jump on the bandwagon of, you know, physical or or confrontation with the police or again property violence or damage or any of that shit they're just seeing they interpret that as good kids but the truth is is that what perhaps what you're perceiving as them as good kids is that they're afraid their their opinions can be entirely with the police that is with the stipulation, I'm just going to add this for the sake of argument, that they, the cops were racist and guilty. Which, on the surface, would identify them as also being racist and all the things that the other kids were want batshit crazy and did whatever they did in protest of. But if they fear for their parents, and, you know, let's face it, young, really young people, teenagers, one of the biggest things that you're concerned about when you're a teenager, and this is, this is, this is a, <laughs> an irony, are you listening, French teenagers, or any other teenagers out there, is that you know, it's almost a given that you're you're in revolt, that you're you're always a rebel. You're you're just constantly a rebel and and rebelling against your parents or authority or any of that shit. Yet the irony of it being they desperately want to be accepted to conform to their own group, to their own age group, to their friends because friends and where you stand with your friends even at that age 17 18 shit i i wouldn't count it any anything from i don't know say 14 to around 20 ish somewhere in there they mean more they can mean more than your family because it's well as a teenager, it's just the way it is. So they're forced into a corner that they have to remain quiet because if they're not quiet, even though they, in fact, may side with the cops, even though if the cops were blatantly racist, I said if that were the case. But the point is, is that that leads to a festering anger in them, which in turn, at some point in the future, 
they will release. Because that is what happens with people who feel as though when their side is not being heard. And they're, believe me, all you see are, you know, the the right riotous kids, young people, you know, screaming, throwing rocks and doing the shit that you're doing. But you're not seeing the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands that are just in the shadows or just kind of like watching or having to pretend to their other friends, basically, you know, that they're chicken shit and this and the other. But if they're afraid, it's not. It's not nearly as bad as being dubbed a racist or that that is what I'm talking about. So it's always it's the irony of always needing to conform. So if you look at, for instance, this so-called this other group that I'm talking about. And I know they I know for a fact that they exist. I was a teenager once been through similar things myself i i understand this completely and this will just fester and harbor and so you're wondering okay well if they're taking this through the opposite direction even though they didn't protest or get in, involved with any of the vandalism or any of that if that is the case where the hell are their feelings coming from and what I'm saying is, and maybe it comes from what they've read, or maybe it comes from their parents. Who knows? We don't know collectively. But what I do know is they could have at least what they feel, and I think it could be argued, is legitimate in that in this whole race argument, it seems unfair in that things only go one way. And that is a problem. For instance, if you have, say, an X percentage of people in a, a small town or a village... And you want to forcibly try to indoctrinate them with practices or principles that they don't agree with. What do you think is going to happen? I'm not talking necessarily about the rightness or wrongness of what's being introduced. I'm not even at that point. I'm just trying to illustrate that anytime you have this group and it refuses to conform to what is being forcibly put upon them and saying, okay, we want you to accept these things as a norm or as a new norm or regardless of anything your parents told you or your religious leaders told you, regardless, in other words, of how you were raised and your identity as a young person means to them they want to force that down 
and say, no, you will conform to this or you're in big trouble and you will be ostracized. And you see, if you really want to piss a young person off, and I, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a young person. I think this applies to anyone. But hell, we were all young once, even me. <laughs> and I remember, you know, certain things that were against my will, things that I had no understanding of, and suddenly this and that and the other and the next thing was forced upon me, me personally, and also forced upon the community. So that's, you know, that's hypocritical because under the guise of so-called freedom, you simply can't tell a group of people um, that we want this, 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 and this, but not respect what they want. That's called hypocrisy. And people, young or old, are really quick to see through it. And that leads to resentment. So, what I'm trying to say to cap all of this off, are you listening to me, France? <laughs> Is that at least I understand I understand if you're young in France. The question is, do you understand me? Am I getting clear to you that I understand? Because this is something that you're not going to hear on the 6 o'clock news. I don't care if you're in England, France, the United States. It doesn't matter because it is all one singular line of thought from them not from me but from them but at least i know what that feels like and it doesn't feel good and that turns to resentment because you notice that there seems to be a fucking double standard now if I did not speak specifically, it's because I judge you as having enough intelligence to not only understand where I'm coming from, but you would probably also understand the reason why I speak the way I do. But in my opinion on this story, um, it's about time that something else of a very different perspective needs to be stated. Because, well, without that, if everybody is just conforming all over the world that, you know, you, you couldn't ask for something to be more deliberately laid out 
to the point where it is just utterly ridiculous. You know, it is um, as though you were watching some kind of old movie that is trying to make fun of a uh, county sheriff and the county, the, the, the criminal police. And as they lay out a murder, let's say, that occurred, and it is being laid out in such a way, and, you know, you have the, you could have the detective, and you say, yeah, well, here's the body, and then we got this guy, this guy here, he was seen, he ran out of the place, he he had a gun on him, and so, look, he just ran out of the place. Six shots were fired. This gun had six shots that were fired. So it's obvious. The guy's just thought in prison. He's guilty. Okay, end of story. Oh, look at the time. Hey, it's time to go home and have dinner. Okay, let's uh, either throw this guy in prison or, you know, hang his ass or whatever the case may be. But, hey, no time. Well, I'd like to ask a question. Yeah, well, we really don't have time for any questions right now, but uh, it, it's like that. It's that kind of shit. It's the railroading of your attitude. So, having said all that, um, and I will, I will confess that if I'm fortunate enough that I get a response from anybody from France, this is targeted specifically for France, and um, I don't know very much French, but um, what can I say? Vive la France. Take care. You know, wherever you may be in this world, and whether it be morning, noon, or night, that you're listening to the show. I do appreciate it, but I would really appreciate it even more if you would go to my website, because not only can you listen to all my episodes, but there's just so much more going on. So check it out. Go on over to theearnestmanshow.com, leave a comment, subscribe, or hit that notification bell whatever the case may be. Until next time, this is Ernest Mann reminding you that there are no bad words, just bad actions. <laughs>